Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Dying planets. What purportedly causes planets to die? Well, some experts, great scientists, insist that planets don't die, that they will just continue. Perhaps in another universe, perhaps out of orbit, perhaps this, that, and the other thing. But, Generally speaking, in terms of planets dying, there's this matter that the core solidifies, cools. And that it goes into a state, not just dormancy, but into a state which is likened to death. Various different things can happen to planets. They can crash into one another, collide with one another, be spun out of orbits and sent into the blackness of outer space. But these bodies, these celestial bodies may cease to be, according to various experts. Now, in the Bible, God actually refers to the stars falling. God causing the stars to fall that heaven and earth shall pass away. And various people, various religious Expert and non-expert people will state that this is something other than that. The experts will state that it is, in fact, that they're not passing away, and then various non-experts will repeat what they've said. But God's Word explicitly says that in, in the future, the near future, actually, that the stars shall fall. Multiple, all stars shall fall, and heaven and earth shall pass away. So that is a very different concept of planets dying, if you will. What about people? What causes people to die? Well, all manner of things, of course, can occur. People can be injured, wounded. They can suffer exposure to the elements, They can be attacked, murderously attacked. They can be slain in war. They can be killed by various exceedingly high-tech weapons. We can fall victim to disease, epidemics, pandemics, malnourishment, starvation, dehydration, and what have you. But our bodies, 
die, and that constitutes death. But then there are people who, because of suffering some of these evils, one or more of them, they are rendered incapacitated, and person or persons decide that they should not go on living on this earth, that they're not really alive and they don't deserve to continue to take up space and resources. Meanwhile, vicious, ruthless, murderous destroyers currently being housed in prisons at enormous expense to the taxpayers, they can continue, and then they can be released, and they can do more evil. But these people that have fallen into a condition of incapacity many times because of violence or car accidents or illness or various different things who have failed to recover sufficiently. Lo and behold, there is a petition made to a court to have them put to death, starved to death, dehydrated to death, to finish the job that the destroyers failed to do, and or to finish the job that was not accomplished by such and such car accident, collision, tragedy, what have you. So to magnify that tragedy, to compound it, to compound the evil, then put this person to death legally. Yes, we have courts consisting of judges, of sinful, wicked, unrighteous, unjust judges, male and female, who rule on these things. Instead of throwing these petitions out, instead of charging the petitioners with attempted murder for bringing these petitions, they grant them. And then various police and or state troopers will guard the premises to make sure nobody can break through and administer food or drink, hydration or sustenance. And these innocent people are put to death. Such things actually do happen. Yes. Even while the Vatican and the Pope and what have you go on championing slaughterers and destroyers and insisting that they not ever be put to death. People die from all manner of things, including that our bodies just give out for one reason or another. But in the case of these people that I was just referring to, these people are physically incapacitated. They are not physically dead. But lo and behold, this expert or that expert or this so-called expert or pseudo-expert will claim that they are mentally dead. Our bodies die, 
our spirits and souls continue. And those who will inherit eternal life receive a glorified body, a new body, something we can't conceive of. And those who do not, the majority, who do not inherit eternal life, they also have a resurrection, a resurrection of the damned, so that they can suffer eternally. But people die. What about civilizations? What about them? If and or when planets die, it is a physical reaction. It is a physical act. It is a physical phenomena to a body, to a celestial body or a planetary body. When people die, the body dies or is put to death. in various circumstances, put to death courtesy of judges of judicial bodies, even though the people have committed no crimes. But when civilizations die, what happens? Is it a physical reality or is it a spiritual reality? What takes place? When we speak of civilizations dying, that invariably refers to a group of people dying out. Or, and or, an empire ceasing to be an empire, one way or another. They are besieged, they are overthrown, the survivors are taken into captivity, taken away, and in various different cases... Tremendous amount of the evidence of that civilization is destroyed or eliminated. Or altogether eliminated in a case or two. But what has taken place? Typically there's violence, war, But not always. Sometimes it is disease, epidemic, pandemic. Other times it's hypothesized that it is due to an ice age or volcanic eruptions and earthquakes and tsunamis and what have you. There are a variety of things that can bring this destruction, this annihilation about. The Islamic nations have sought to utterly destroy the modern state of Israel from its inception and to annihilate the Israeli people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, the Christian people. Adolf Hitler sought to annihilate the Jewish people 
and succeeded in slaughtering a very great many Christian people. Joseph Stalin did the same, but vaster numbers even than Adolf Hitler. Civilizations die, but why do they die? Whether it happens to be due to war, or whether it happens to be due to natural disasters, so-called, or acts of God, why do they die? When civilizations die, whether you accept this or reject this, and of course the experts will reject it, when civilizations die, there is spiritual death of that civilization which precedes the physical death. This is by no means always the case with people, by no means. and does not pertain as such to planets, planetary bodies. But when civilizations die, there is spiritual death first. This does not pertain to animals now, even though, of course, there are these great thinkers who relegate people to being mere animals, (laughs) but no. Civilizations invariably die spiritually prior to physically dying, being put to death, being destroyed, being overthrown, overrun, being annihilated, ceasing to exist. Spiritual death precedes physical death when it comes to civilizations. But by no means is this true with people on the whole. It can be, but can be is not the same as is. It is the case with civilizations. So what about the health of the civilizations at this time? What would you term a civilization? Would you say the United States of America is a civilization, or would you say the Western world, whatever all that entails, is a civilization, or what have you? Well, because I do not like to depend on experts... (laughs) I I will hypothesize myself with regard to what I think more or less constitutes a civilization here. I'll say the Western world, so-called. Former Christendom. The free world. Others would say the developed world, and then you get involved with various nations. But let's, for these purposes, say... Europe, all of Europe, Northern Europe, Southern Europe, Western Europe, Eastern Europe. 
including Scandinavia, United Kingdom, Ireland, United States of America, all of the UK, United States of America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and perchance, (laughs) I will also include Mexico, Central America, South America, Latin America, and so forth. However many other nations one would care to include, feel free to do so. But without getting too far afield, (laughs) I'm talking about nations which have ascribed to Western history, social mores, Judeo-Christian values, foundations. So while you will find people in Asia who do, the nations themselves typically have not, even though South Korea is absolutely one of the most heavily Christianized nations in the world. Or use whatever word you prefer to that one. But speaking of the Western world, what used to be referred to, much of it used to be referred to as Christendom. It is in a process of dying. It has not died yet. The question is, will all Christian influence have to be eliminated, have to be destroyed, annihilated before this civilization is actually expunged and destroyed? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. There are still, there are a great many Christians, not not just in name only, but actual, factual Christians in the United States of America and in North America. And they can be found throughout the United Kingdom here or there and throughout Europe and what have you. So, I'm going to say (laughs) that, in my view, there still will be Christians here when this Western world reaches a point where it dies, where this civilization dies, where it is overthrown from without and within. There has been war raging, and a great many people have not realized it. It has not just been a cultural war or a culture war. No. It goes deeper than the fabric of society. It is a war for the soul. 
of the nation of the United States of America and the souls of all Western nations. And the evil forces have been winning. They have been winning skirmish after skirmish, battle after battle. And frankly, the end is in sight. Whether we choose to see it or not, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, the end is in sight. The signs are everywhere. And in the Holy Bible, the Word of God, which is, of course, rejected by so many brilliant people, the Lord Jesus Christ gave signs whereby the people should know that time was all but up. But without going into myriad evidences of it, including the unjustness, the injustice that is rampant and pervasive, the perversity that has been foisted upon the good by the governments, not just in the United States of America, but in Canada, throughout the UK, in Europe, and what have you. But little things, little things, like, for instance, tattoos, dear old tattoos, which one would find with various different heathen, pagan tribes. Tattoos, which horribly mar and destroy God-given beauty or God-given handsomeness, God-given appearance, man, male and female, mankind, was created in the image of God. Yes, oh, multitudes of experts can deny that, but (laughs) this is at the core of Christianity. This is at the core of the Word of God and of Jewry. Man that is male and female, they were created in the image of God. Tattoos not only horribly mar and destroy God-given beauty, they disassociate the image of the Creator from His creation. They disassociate us from him, and they are an affront to God, and they are a symbol of rejection of God, and they grieve God, and they grieve his spirit. And interestingly enough, poignantly enough, tellingly enough, enslavers of young women, pimps, 
white slavers, they are referred to. And also often, they are not white, but there are white prostitutes, pimps, black, and every other color. And tellingly, they frequently will tattoo the girls and the young women that they get a hold of. And in other cases, they will brand them. But they do these things to assert their ownership of them, their enslaving of them. Interestingly enough, tattoos have become so popular, so commonplace, that whereas once upon a time, half a century ago, you would typically see and associate tattoos with men in the military, particularly in the Navy. But tattoos run rampant in the prison systems and very markedly over in Russia, in the Russian gulags and among the Russian crime families and what have you. But tattoos have become common among young women and women now. Shamefully so, to the discredit of we people, that people pay to have themselves marked with these horrible things, which purports to be art, body art, and piercings, and brandings, and what have you. Well, they are actually, these tattoos, they're paving the way for people to willingly receive the mark, the number, the name of the beast, of the soon-coming world ruler destroyer. Paving the way for that. Why would anybody who has voluntarily had themselves tattooed, paid to have their bodies tattooed, why would they refuse such a thing as that? Suffice to say they won't. Yes, you will find Christians, so-called, here or there, who have tattoos. Not just tattoos that they had put into their bodies, on their bodies, through their bodies, before they believed on the Lord. But even afterwards, you will find such people. (laughs) They're out there, including ministers of all things. Civilizations die. But first they die spiritually, and you find the corruption, the perversion of the church 
not just in Roman Catholicism, even though it is rampant there, but throughout Christianity, you find more and more apostate denominations, ones actually being used by Satan against God. And then you find it, but before they become absolutely apostate, they have apostate ministers within them and leaders, what have you. It's a process. Well, before I continue, let me just say, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good about this program, within this program, is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, failing, is due to me. Well, presidential race 2020 is fast approaching. Very exciting. And there is this matter that right now there are so many people getting in on the action to run for the Democrat nomination for president, that it's, talk about a three-ring circus. This is going to be a four-ring circus. But we don't know whether perchance there might be, could be, also some action on the Republican side. (laughs) We have had uh, indications from, in particular, pertaining to uh, one politician comes to mind, but what's going to happen as far as things developing between now and, oh, I don't know, a year from now remains to be seen. But... The Democrats can afford to throw a lot of people in the mix. They really can. And I read one article here the other day, and it was pertaining to this matter of how many Democrats are in the mix, and that that might be a harmful thing. It might be to the detriment of the Democrat chances to take over the White House, so to speak, you know, by political means, not by violent means. War accomplishing its purposes, but without violence. Well, if there is a split in the Republican Party, if there should be a challenge to Donald Trump in the Republican side of things, as far as for the Republican nomination, that by all means will constitute a more difficult 
situation than for there to be 20 Democrats running. Right now, I mean, at last count, it was 10. Uh, Today, it's probably up. It's probably 11 or 12. I don't know. But it's still early in a sense. (laughs) It's getting late quickly, but it's still early enough that nobody is really establishing themselves as being some sort of prohibitive leader. It's wide open right now on the Democrat side of things. And if Chris Christie chooses to jump into the fray on the Republican side, if he manages to find sufficient backing and whatever, well, okay. But normally... When the incumbent president, when there is a challenge to him from within his party, that normally bodes very poorly for that party. So uh, the Democrats, they can can hope for more of that. Uh, I imagine they would prefer to see Michael Bloomberg running as a Republican uh, than as a Democrat. But anyway, exciting things. Uh, are in the offing. And something that we're going to be seeing much of, I do believe, is this matter of the use of the dialectic. That is a favored socialist, communist, fascist tactic. You know, that just like a, a little dance step. Take two giant steps forward, one small step back, And that small step back means that they, the steppers, they have changed. They have moderated. They have compromised. They're being reasonable. Even though they've taken two giant steps forward with their outrageous demands. Like... Like AOC. (laughs) Uh, Yes, the uh, first term congresswoman. They're from New York. But we're going to be seeing a great deal of this, not just from her, but from all of the Democrat candidates. And uh, last I saw, she was not a candidate, but uh, certainly it would be possible somebody could tap her to be their running mate. You know, something exciting like that. Perhaps you saw about this one woman from the great, great state of Texas who entered the United States Air Force and uh, she received outstanding training while in the service. And Lo and behold, she chose to adopt Islam as her religio-ideology. And back during the Obama administration, she chose to visit Iran. And while being 
feeded there on all-expense-paid conferences. She appeared in videos spouting anti-U.S. propaganda and condemning America. And she was a Defense Department contractor at that time. She had left the Air Force. She'd been in the Air Force from 97 through 2008. She was trained in Farsi, the Farsi language. And, uh, but she, after appearing in these videos in 2012, in which she identified herself as having been in the U.S. service and spouting this extreme hostility to the United States of America. When she was back in the United States of America, she was warned that she was a potential recruitment target, a potential recruitment target. It just doesn't get much better than that. Well, then she defected to Iran, officially defected to Iran in 2013. But you see, she was an intelligence professional. She was a member of the United States intelligence community. And lo and behold, after the Obama administration allowed her go back to Iran, to defect to Iran, she provided all manner of very useful, sensitive information, betraying former colleagues of hers. Outstanding. I mean, just a case in point of the grossest criminal incompetence by the United States military. There are many such things, but this this particular incident, it just demonstrates it vividly. One story I would like to get into, but I can't. There simply isn't enough time. Was concerning a group of outstanding, valiant Marines whom the Taliban, the Taliban in Afghanistan, engineered a fabrication against them, accusing them of murders, of mass murder, and so forth, They did so to stop them, to create distrust of the United States military among Afghani people. And lo and behold, and this was back during the Bush, George W. Bush administration, they were aided and abetted by some extremely unfit commanding officers in assassinating the character of these men. And that has been proven. (laughs) But, again, I don't have time for that. 
Speaking of Afghanistan and the wonderful Taliban, you know, the kind of great people that this American former service woman is so fond of and has aligned herself with and so on and so forth. Well, this one little boy, precious little boy who is a seven-year-old right now, seven-year-old boy, lo and behold, this little tyke, Murtaza Ahmadi, he gained international recognition back when he was four or five years old by doing a little work on a plastic bag to show his favor, fandom, for a famous soccer star, Lionel Messi of Argentina. So he etched in pen on this plastic bag, a blue and white striped plastic bag, to show that (laughs) with Messi's name and his number and what have you, and he gained international recognition. And lo and behold, the Taliban now has targeted this now seven-year-old boy to be murdered. And his father managed to take him and his mother out of where they were living to a place where they hope that uh, they will be safe. But the father returned back to that city. But the wonderful Taliban targeting a seven-year-old boy. This is Islam. This is the face of Islam. This is how wonderful Islam is. How satanic, murderous, destructive Islam is. It was created by the false god, Satan, by the name of Allah and his false prophet, Muhammad, as murderous, monstrous, a destroyer as there has ever been. Mass murderer, destroyer, intent on the annihilation of Christians and Jews, of Christianity and Jewry. I'm sure you saw the case of this one young woman who is 29 years of age, a member of the San Carlos Apache tribe, and she's been a patient for 26 years. Now, while I do not find it too praiseworthy that Hacienda Healthcare Facility, uh, through its call it what you will, neglect, administrative neglect, um, allowed a 36-year-old black male nurse to repeatedly rape this young woman and impregnate her. But it wasn't deliberate neglect. It was unintentional. And it certainly doesn't rank with the cases of these healthcare facilities that have been a party to the starving and dehydration deaths of 
people, young people, young women. Unless, of course, they have been a party in the past. I don't know. They have so many facilities there in the greater Phoenix area. But, lo and behold, this young woman was preyed upon. This young woman who's not alert was preyed upon by this monstrous predator. And the investigation has not turned up whether there have been other victims of him or not. It's going to be hard to find them because, again, he's preying upon these particularly incapacitated young women. Meanwhile, speaking of young women, a young mother, some would not consider her to be young because she was 38 years of age. Well, she's a mother, and she was living with her mother and with her child at the time that she went missing. And she had gone out with some fellow from, I believe, from Chile's where she was working. And they found her body. Again, a favorite form of crime, of violent crime in this modern United States of America. Rape, murder, kidnap, rape, murder. And, of course, our justice system refuses to actually do anything even remotely approaching justice. But, meanwhile, a young woman, 23 years of age, was kidnapped in Beantown in Boston by a destroyer who's 38. And there have been so many telltale signs that this guy is just that, a destroyer. He kidnapped this young woman, Olivia Ambrose, after she left a bar late one Saturday night. She was found after three days, I believe. And one thing that was stated and was repeated by various different people, thank God the girl is okay. Thank God the girl is okay. Yes. Quote, it's the biggest, greatest news that Ambrose was found alive. Yes, that she was found alive But, you know, how is it that we've come to a place in which when a girl, when a young woman is kidnapped, brutally raped, and then is is found, escapes, or is found alive, that we say, the girl is okay, the woman is okay, right? They're okay. Well, they may not be murdered, but that doesn't mean they're okay. It's, it goes along with this whole decriminalization of what used to be a capital offense. 
sexual assault instead of rape, so on and so forth. Another young woman, 22-year-old woman, left a bar. This is a woman who gave birth to a baby less than a month, a month or less than a month before this incident took place. She left the bar with three men whom she supposedly had just met. And they took her 40 miles away to a rural location. And she has not been found. And they said, oh, she left. She left. They took her there by vehicle. Their vehicles are still there. But she left on her own. And no one has been arrested for the kidnap, gang rape, murder of this young woman. Nowhere did it say that she had been working at the bar, so I take it she was not. That instead she was a very foolish young woman. That's my take on it. But perhaps you heard or saw about four very young children being found by sheriff's deputies in the Decatur, Texas area. When I say very young, their ages are five, four, three, and one. The four-year-old is a girl. The five-year-old and four-year-old were found locked inside of a dog cage that was three feet by three feet. The other two were filthy and only partially clothed. They were all found in a barn. The remarkable thing is that the deputies went out to this place because of an altercation between this 24-year-old woman who was the mother of these four children and a 24-year-old man who fathered the one-year-old. And they were fighting and so forth. And the sheriff's deputies heard children's voices coming from the barn and went to investigate. These children were all malnourished, In the cold, covered with excrement, wonderful people, this 24-year-old mother and her 24-year-old lover. Outstanding. And yet these people, they go on living while some wonderful and darling ones are slaughtered and destroyed. The so-called polar vortex that hit the United States of America, well, it hit Canada first, came through Canada. I mentioned before about this precious young woman, wife, Carly Bowden, a nurse, who was raped, murdered, or mugged, murdered, who was frozen to the ground when she was found up there in Wisconsin. Well, there was a precious young woman who froze to death in Canada, southwest of Winnipeg. 
And she wasn't found until three or four days after she went missing. Her vehicle was found in a snowbank. Precious people, good people, dying while destroyers (laughs) are treated like VIPs. That's the United States of America that we live in and the Canada to our north. And then there was a precious little girl, baby, newborn girl, found by a local newspaper carrier in Madera, California. She was lying in the middle of the road screaming, and she was dressed only in a soiled onesie, and the temperatures were below 30 degrees. And Aurelio Fuentes went and got her and got the... Authorities saved this little girl's life. Such things do happen. There is the good that offsets the evil. But there is much evil. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.